0: Hey, what's up you sexy bitches and welcome back to this week's Weekly D. Today I have Kira Johannesson on with me. Kira is the owner of Body & in New York and if you don't know what that place is, I highly recommend you go and check them out. Body & Power is the biggest studio in New York and it's awesome. They gave birth to some of the biggest names. Some of the biggest names have worked there. We're talking Marlo, Michelle Stanek, Stephen Retchus, Michelle Natoli, Sam Starr, and more. Like so many amazing pole dancers have worked there. And I wanted to talk to her about what gave Body and Pole the secret sauce to be the success it is today. So without further ado, this is The Weekly D. Because honey, if you ain't getting your D on the daily, you better at least be getting it once on The Weekly. if you're not getting any and you want some tea, then come and join Dan up on the week. Hey, Kira, thank you for coming on to my uh, podcast. It's really nice to speak to you. How are you doing? I'm well, how are you? (laughs) Yeah, I'm good. Um, It's really funny actually seeing you on screen because the last time I saw you was when I was in New York, which would have been years ago now. I can't remember how many years ago. I don't know if you remember this actually, a random, I wasn't even going to mention this. I just remembered it now. You had a student who was doing a competition to a routine... And the routine was to uh, remix of um, like a Britney Spears song. I think it might have been Toxic or something like this. And I remember listening to it and thinking, oh, it's such a cool song. I got my Shazam out of the time. I was like, I love this song so much. But yeah, so that was years ago, and you were like coaching one of your students, might have even been one of your instructors, maybe. And that was the last time I saw you, way before COVID, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> How have you I been know. since then? You've been I- busy.
1: I've been busy. Yes. Busy I've been person. A busy person. Um, <laughs> it's good. Things are good. good. I mean, things are up and down. Let's get real. Like things are sometimes amazing. And then they're sometimes like torrential downpour. And sometimes that happens within the hour. But Some days you get good, like, you know, good weeks and months. So yeah.
0: Well, I'm excited to talk to you about things like that anyway, because these are the sort of things that I don't want people just to hear the good. I want them to hear the, you know, how how body and Pole survived all these crazy times. But um, before we do that, I'd just like to start off the podcast with um, you having the opportunity to sort of like introduce yourself, tell people who you are, where you're from, the businesses you run. Just give a little bio for anyone who is listening to this who doesn't know who you are. So can you give us a little intro?
1: Yeah. Hi. So <laughs> my name is Kira Johannesson. Um I um it's Johannesson. Oh, I Johannesson. It jo-
0: oh I thought it was Johansson. I've been saying wrong it's the okay. whole time. Johannesson. It's a- oh, Johannesson. Oh, okay.
1: It's okay. My kid, you know, I didn't take my husband's name, so I'm the only Johannesson in this house. Ah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I um I started um I I'm I'm a choreographer and a dancer my whole life. Um I went to an art school for that in LA. And then I moved to New York. I did lots of hustling and different kinds of um, internships and work studies and um, assistant work just to get into classes. And then I started um, seeing pole dancing in 2006. And I thought that this is a cool thing. The thing, Do you know this story? Do you even know? No, no, Okay, so this is the story. So this is the big <laughs> how did Kira Johansson find pole dancing. So I uh, went to the Hustler Club in New York in 2006 with a bunch of my friends and my husband at the time. Well, he's still my husband, but he we were we married yet? We weren't married yet. We got married in 2007. So we go, and there was this, um, the Hustler Club's got a really top pole, and it's really top pole on a really decent stage. And so we go, we're having fun, we're throwing money all over the place. And there was one... Uh, dancer on the stage that was like super flexible and super pointy feet and incredibly musical. And I looked at my husband and I said, I think this person trained in movement of sorts and was not making the dollar bills, nobody throwing money. And then another dancer goes up and climbs this very tall pole, flips upside down and does the nose breaker and money. And it stopped like, like one inch from the ground. And Money. I mean, like, it was like, it's seriously raining. It was the first time I really saw money raining. And I was so like, this is incredible. This is an incredible thing. Mm -hmm. I love all of that. So I, I, I got a lap dance from both of them. This is me as a hustler. I got a lap dance from both of them. And I gave them my card and told them I'm a choreographer. And I said the same thing to both of them. You have incredible skill, incredible talent, and I think I could help you make even more money because it's true. I was like with the with the trick um, dancer, I was like, I think I could even like time this a little bit more so that, you know what I mean? She could even pop it like a couple more times. And then the yeah. dancer, I was like, you need that, whatever that is. And I'm going to learn how to do that so that you can, you know, you need a couple more of those dynamic falls and stuff. So um, I gave them both my card. Left that night, and um, the one that was a trained dancer um called me and I started giving her privates out of my apartment. My landlord actually put up my pole, it was totally a pipe. I got a party pole, nobody probably even knows what that is. It was a party brass pole, it's called a party pole. It couldn't yeah, do no, anything but be static. The
0: brand was called Party Pole, right? So I remember yeah. hearing about it, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Party Pole. <laughs> and i put he put a pipe on it cuz i had a really tall ceiling which is very weird for new york very small space like 400 square feet but tall ceiling and um we put up the pole it was like 13 feet and i'd have her come over and i would i would research youtube videos and um i bought Uh, DVDs back then, Afanya, you know, and I'm like learning off these DVDs and off of YouTube. And then I would teach her the tricks, but then incorporate it into like a routine. And she was coming every week and she was having more fun at work. And then she told everybody and then more people were training out of my home. And then, so as I was doing that, it was the summer of 2006. As I was doing that, I was also choreographing a dance TV show. And so, as I was together the TV show, one of the dancers was Kristen Cenakus, and um, Kristen was like, "Your shoulders just keep getting more defined." And I was like, "I'm, I'm teaching pole dancing out of my house. I'm learning it really, and then I'm, I'm figuring out how to set it on these dancers." And she was like, "Oh my gosh! Well, there's a Crunch Gym in New York once." Um, somebody, and you'd be right for it to structure something like that for them with the pole dance classes. And I was like, "All right, well, let's introduce everybody." So, Kristen has Forward Space now in New York. Um, Kristen Sadekis is Jason Sadekis' sister, and she has Forward Space. It's killing it. She's a killer choreographer. And then I was introduced to this woman named Marie Forello. She has B school. She's been on Oprah, but she ran Crunch Gyms. Uh, I've been surrounded by incredibly um, passionate, strong inspiring women. And yeah. so Marie, uh, Marie Ferrello, she, she came to my house cause they didn't even have everything. And I taught her a class. She came back, taught another class. She goes like, okay, I need this kind of curriculum. I need this kind of breakdown. And I did it all for free to show them that I could, I could create something. I then launched it and, um, and it went nuts. It went absolutely nuts. And then that's when, like Michelle Stanek was one of my students, um, Steven Rutchlis was one of my students, and then uh, me and marlo steven. Fiskin. Steven. Oh. and so then oh, marlo i miss him i know he's so great he's doing I so love well him. i love yeah, him
0: well, he, well i mean I you've mean, had some crazy names come out of this studio marlo fiskin michelle steven um michelle natoli Nato- michelle Nato- 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 she's our Natoly. assistant programming
1: director right now she's oh incredible. yeah how is she yeah. she's, she's amazing she's oh, so she's good awesome. i love working with michelle natoli day to day i mean she's she's so petite, and but there's so much passion and uh, fun in that little itty bitty body. I mean, she is so tiny.
0: <laughs> like Sammy, Magnus. I mean, funny. I know Magnus had done pole before he came to you, but I think I found out about him through. Body and Pole, actually. I think that's how I discovered Magnus. I think he'd already started to become a little bit famous, hadn't he, before he came to Body and Pole, right? Yeah,
1: we we recruited him. So he was a he we had him as an artist in resident, and that whole time that of him staying it. for six months, I was just trying to get him to fall in love with yeah. the studio and then he ended up staying, which was great. But yeah, yeah. he already had a, a very good name for himself and had come to the studio quite often and taken class and just been so incredible. Such a good soul. Such yeah. a good soul.
0: Yeah. He's a lovely guy. So where did the, so, and when you were at, so Crunch Fitness was the first place, was it just one venue or did they, they made you roll it out across all of the Crunch Fitnesses or how did the Crunch System work?
1: So it started with the Union Square location when they, when they launched it, but my classes were going to 40 to 50 people in a class. It was insane. And they were running as many as they could. And so they had- um too many like 12 like
0: oh so like five people yeah
1: yeah I was like like I was running and gunning like and I had (laughs) and then I got them to give me an assistant because I was like this is insane so then I started training crews um which ended up being that you know body and pulls first round of rock stars and then Marlo came in and and we started just having a good time together uh I knew her from dancing and then she 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 heard that I started this thing so she came in to take one of my classes and she's like, you're pretty cool at this. I was like, you want to hang out? So we just started training together and it just kept becoming a culture. And then they put it at 59th street and then they put it in their Brooklyn location. And then it just kept going to the point of it was everywhere in New York. And then they asked me to be the, um, the director uh, for the nation. And then, and then I did some hard candies. Then I went, I went na- um, international. So I kept bringing it around the world for them. So and then I wrote, I wrote just Expert. with crunch gin. Yeah. And then I wrote expert for them with Marlo. Um, Me and Marlo wrote expert and, um, that, you know, they still have this rendition number one. I mean, they, I don't think they've updated it, but they, they basically, uh, took that and then we wanted to expand. Um, and they didn't want to, they didn't want to really financially give us a lot of love for that. So we said, you know what, we need to go somewhere where we can expand it, also edit it, and then also financially, um, Make some money. I mean, be doing this of for a course. living is like crazy hard. So then we started Elevated in 2013. But yeah, it's like, it's been a ride. And it's weird because I've been doing this since 2006 and there's so many stories. I mean, there's yeah. like, I mean, we did a Diplo video. I, I'm like, what? We did a Diplo video and I was hilarious. <laughs> and it's like, That's what? That's brilliant. And we did a MoMA PS1. We did PS1 MoMA in 2011. I mean, things just were going crazy. And yeah, it, yeah, yeah. And I was saying yes to everything because that's it. That's what I mean. I wanted to just, um, I wanted to do it, it all. So anything yeah. anyone had an opportunity, I didn't care if it didn't pay that much um, because I, I needed, I needed to make put my foot down and make sure that people saw that I had something to say. I was interesting. I was creative. I had the the background in mm. movement and in fitness that I could. I could keep rising, you know, and right. then that would eventually get paid. So yeah. I just kept going. Just
0: mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, a hundred percent. So the journey started at Crunch Crunch Fitness and then when did the body and pole, the what the one that I have been to, the huge studio. Yeah must cost you thousands. I dread to even think how many thousands a month that place cost you. Oh my God. It's Um, humongously expensive. (laughs) It's I can only imagine. Uh, it's, but it's huge and it's absolutely beautiful. When did that place, um, can you tell me the timeline? So when did crunch start and then what year did the studio open?
1: So we did crunch was 2006. And then, um, one of my, uh, students was Leanne tall and she was, really starting to fall in love and started training people out of her home and wanted to do open body and pole. So Leanne that started. Is
0: the person who your, your business partner for body and pole, right?
1: Yeah. Leanne was my yes. business partner. We, we, um, I am now the sole owner, um, oh, of body she's and left. Pull. it's, it was all love, love and grace. Like it was, yeah, yeah, it was just time, you know, Leanne had different ventures she wanted to do. We, she's still a huge consultant for body and pole. And like, checks in and awesome human being and and honestly a family member of mine. So it was, it was really, it was about just time, like things change. And for me, um, I've transformed in the business and she was, she wasn't transforming it in this business that way. And Mm -hmm. so she needed to find a venture that she, she wanted to do, but she's still very good friends with everybody. And she still calls me all the time weekly and we chat. And when things get really scary, I, you know, I have a great consultant. So does she um, still poll? No,
0: she doesn't. mm -mm. Does she poll much when you guys started the studio?
1: After she had her son, she, she stopped pole dancing so much. And I think that's also where, you know, that, that can also change, you know, when you're just owning the studio and you're not, you're doing all that work of everything that goes into that. And then you're not teaching and then you're not, you're not, you're not not a practitioner or, you know, or, or, or doing it as a hobby for yourself. It can, you know, you can kind of be like, do I want to do this anymore?
0: Right. Fair enough. Well, it's nice to hear actually that it ended on good terms. You know, oh, I don't yeah. know if you get this in the US, but I hear a lot about UK studios. They've like partnered up two people, great, great friends. Like, let's start a business together. I'm like, and I see it and I'm like, oh, this is going to end bad. And normally it always does because it's just one of those things. It's, you really got to pick the right person to be able to run a business with. That is a commitment, like. It's like relationship level. Do you know what I mean? You're basically marrying that person. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So I don't think people actually realize that sometimes.
1: Yeah, no, it was, and it was so great because, well, she, it was, we were a good fit because she started it. And then she realized that Kira runs programs. She's a creative director already. That's what this place needs. And so we had our roles very clear. Um, And so I think that helped. Like we knew what we were bringing to the table so it was very easy to create um, titles and 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 sort like that. So, yeah, and she's Body good.
0: and Pole wasn't the first studio in uh, the US, was it? It wasn't the first. The first, uh, sorry, in New York. No. Sorry, not in the US. No, 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 no. Yeah, um, In no, New, New York. York who was New York pole dancing
1: was around, and Chakra okay. Studio. Uh, not, um, and I think uh, there might have been one or other two. They were tiny. Here, but the thing about that I saw, so my biggest thing is you don't do something unless you have something, a new way of doing it that you mm. think people might want to see or participate in or be of service to, right? But if somebody's doing it, just go join them. If they're doing it the way that you're like, that's good, join their team and mm. build that. But no, I saw a, a position, I saw a place for us um a lot of people weren't doing how we do it which is like class packages right they were doing all series but i was like listen like as coming up as a dancer you and and also a new yorker like people can't always make it tuesday at seven o'clock you know right. so i was like we gotta shift this where people can drop in and out buy these packages you know and that's that's how we focus we focus on that lifestyle that 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 freelancer type that can come one day at 10am on a friday but then can't make it back until a week and a half later on a monday but maybe comes five times in a week you know
0: do you do you have this thing uh we don't have it here and i'm praying to god we don't get it um i think it's called class
1: pass or something like this and it's like
0: you pay oh you have it
1: No, I, yeah, we have it in New York but I don't use it.
0: Right. Okay. Because this is a system where people they pay monthly, right, and they can go to any kind of fitness venue they want to and use this this yeah. So, did you ever try it?
1: Yeah. Definitely. That so, I've tried No, no, it's not terrible. It's the the revenue share wasn't So, I I'm a I try to it's a business, right? right. So, I used it as a platform to market inside of I mean cuz you know spin studios are on there you know um, ballroom studios you know other kinds of crossfits so you're trying to get in next to them right you get in next to them and you you're, you're going to hopefully gain that person as a student as like coming in and get them to okay they're trying all these things out and then now they want this so when we would we played with that when it first came up and, and you look at it and you do it for a quarter, you do it for two quarters, you do it for three quarters. And then you look at like, are these people, are they, are they becoming students of yours? Are they actually migrating over? And the, it, we were making not the price point I wanted. It was lowering my price point. It's lowering my product. And I'm not getting enough of these uh, clients and students to move that. I just said, you know what we got? Well, this isn't working for us right now. And then also times are you, I look at the businesses. it's, It's, it's always changing. The climate is always changing. Like you can't sit there and say, I'll never do it again because maybe they'll, they'll shift what they can offer. And maybe I need to pull in more new, newer students or get in front of somebody. And also, are they doing bigger marketing? Are they putting the money into to large ads on socials and in subway stations and, you know, just where are they putting their money right and then I want to be in that Mm. so right now it's not it's it can be a good it could end up being really good for people yeah
0: I think I've always found like whole because we're so limited on the amount of people we can have in a class because the equipment needs such a large amount of space around it really and um as you know because your studio is huge and it's just that whole thing of like If I fill the class with someone from ClassPass or these different, because they've got one in um, in Germany as well, they have. And um, it just doesn't, the maths doesn't add up. It just doesn't Mm. work out. And I think we're specialists enough that I feel that we can be without it. But it was funny because I was in Berlin and actually all of the studios there are on it because they can't afford to come off of it. They kind of trap them into it almost. But yeah, it kind of um, becomes a golden handcuff. Uh, of course it does because they're just like well we can't afford to come off of it now because if we do we'll lose all of these students so it's um it's a really difficult one now um it's safe to say that body and pole is the biggest studio in uh new york am i right in saying that or is no, there someone yeah. bigger now it's the biggest no,
1: no, no. yeah it's ten thousand square feet it's got five rooms i don't know you need some people with big money to come in and big be- Take us down because it's too expensive. I, yeah, I think any 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 uh financial person would be like, this is uh, questionable to do it this big. <laughs> so, so
0: so how did you do it if you don't mind me asking? Like, how did you both afford to to get a venue this big, or did you just get lucky at the time that it was reasonable, or like no. how did you manage to? Did you borrow the money
1: or Stu- stupidity? Um. So no, I, <laughs> uh, two, so twenty ten we had a small studio, and we were we had a tiny space just down the street on 33rd and 5th and it was running crazy. I mean, that's the way to make money. I mean, it was running at 95% fill rate. We had classes all day. Like I couldn't put enough classes on. It literally started at nine o'clock in the morning and we last class was nine o'clock at night. And it was 15 minutes before just cleaning the space. It was so packed. Um, but we were making money, man. And, but I'm, one that's never comfortable. I'm, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm not a comfortable, I'm itchy all the time. And I want to always try to do something else or bigger or different. So I saw that we needed to grow. And, um, so we moved over to one, one fifteen West 27th street, where we are now, we were the second floor. So that was, we moved in 2012, but we had made a good amount of money. Me and Leanne decided together, we would take the money that we made and put it right back in the studio. So we didn't take any big money uh, and we put it right back and we built out the 5,000 square foot space. So now it was just, and it was reasonable. That should have been where we stopped, right? So it was two rooms. We put Ariel in it, it, It two rooms and then a private room. And we had a nice uh, locker room. It, it was running really easy. Um, it was bigger. We... But in one, I don't know, nine months, it was running at 80% fill rate. Packed, boom, 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 just, just churning. Like we hit it at the right time. And, um, one day I walked in and Leanne, so it's her fault.
0: <laughs> <So> she <laughs> hit the floor Leanne. with,
1: she blamed Leanne. She, so she hit the floor with their foot and she goes, you know, what's right down there. And I said, what? She goes, the storefront. And I said, oh, it's vacant. And she's like, yeah you could put a hole in this floor and it's the storefront. And that storefront has a storefront. It's really high ceilings and has a basement. So we, we would double our space. And we convinced the landlord to cut a hole in a floor. And we did a $500,000 renovation and cut a hole in the floor and took over the storefront and the basement and renovated that whole thing out in 2013. So we started body and pull in 2010 by 2013, we went, went from, from, 1,200 square feet in 2010 to 10,000 square feet by 2013. Now, let me just say, I knew, though, that it would be the flagship space. I never wanted a franchise and have them everywhere. I wanted a big I want the Juilliard. I'm still after it. I want the Juilliard of Ariel, and Ariel. I want the big one New York space that everybody around the world comes to because the best teachers are there and the facility runs all day long and it's clean and the equipment's crisp and it's not over branded. You come in and it feels like a dance space to move, right? And, and you could put anything you want on it. You can feel sensual in it. You can feel fitness in it. You, it, but it's just, it's a blank space. You walk in. And you and the teacher and you decide what's going to happen in that room, right? Right. It's a, and that's what I'm always after. And yeah, we're only running now at like 70% fill rate, but my goal is to kill it. I'm going to get it to 85. I'm never going another space, but I want to start running uh, odd hours again. I am in odd hours now. We're very lucky. We run 180 classes a week. So, I mean, (sighs) it's, it's insane. I have 50, I have 50 in teachers. So it's, it's insane. I have, I have 50 employees and I have 39 teachers. Yeah. 39 instructors. Uh,
0: It's just, it's just next. What do you think is the, the secret sauce that you and Leanne both had that made body and pole such a big thing? You know what I mean? Like, why has no one else been able to recreate that? Do you know what I mean? Because it's, it really is probably, I mean, do you know if there's any bigger spaces around the world than than yours? I'm
1: not, I, I actually don't know. Maybe no, there might neither be, do I. Maybe. I'm not sure.
0: And if there is, they're probably not going to be in like central London or, you know, the capital of, of that, like a big sort of city. Do you know what I mean? Because it's just, yeah. it's the first so, I ever so. knew of it. Yeah. Um, all of the sort of big cities I've ever been to, they've had sort of smallish, not small, but like, yeah, because it's so expensive, isn't it? Like in London, the studios aren't huge because it's just too expensive. Um, oh, yeah. What do you think it is that Body and Pole had that the other studios didn't?
1: I think it, you know what, it really, um, it, it was grassroots, right? We were We were doing it from a place of like, there's all these really amazing instructors, right? The Michelle Stanix and the Stephen Rutchless and the Marlows and the Sam Stars, and they're all coming in, right? And they're and we just wanted to provide the space that they could do what they did best. So we just kept doing the call, the call to like, well, we need to more space so they could they can provide more service, right? And uh, that's it was it wasn't ever thought about like I want to be the biggest. Or I want to be the best. I I want to always be the best. You bet. Like one, hmm. but I never thought of it as being the biggest, right? I I always thought about it as the best experience, the opportunity. If there's not opportunity, you get crushed. And I think that's what me and Leanne, that's the difference is a. It was hit the right time. It we 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 like we've hit the right moment. Except Paul keeps having those, so people should never be discouraged because it keeps having those, like. You know, and I think it will because it has, you know, it has many layers to it. So Mm -hmm. it can, I think it's going to have resurgences constantly because I mean, you got Christy Sellers on America's Got Talent, but you still got hustlers rocking and that's a good thing. You know what I mean? You need those working for you. And I think that's, that's, that's awesome. That's what I love about it. So yeah. And I think people also are seeing, uh, you know, we do aerial hoop and we do hammock and aerial silk too. And I think they see that side coming in on it and the the benefits of being artistry in there and the athleticism. I think it was just really the right time, the right teachers, the creatives that were willing to hustle their face off. Um, and I just want to, I want to stay relevant for them. You know what Mm. I mean? Like, I, I don't need to be the one doing it, but I better keep the space available. Like the Donna Carnell, right? Donna Carnell is killing it. Um, who came from Champaign, Illinois, uh, was a work study at Body and Pole as a killer instructor, is now, was in a huge show in the summer with, um, was, what the heck, is it well, the one with the windows that the New York Times did? It was during COVID and it was in the windows at Fifth Avenue. She, she was at Seven Deadly Sins, I think it was called. And okay. she was, um, And then now she's on company XIV. She just got it. Like there's, there's the new crew coming, right? And yeah. they're bringing a whole flavor. That's what body and pole is for. It's just going to answer the call to that. And the other thing is, is that I always wanted to be a space where people could do this for a living. You know, like I didn't have, I didn't get offered health care until I my second year as the national pole fitness director. Is that insane? Health care. I so I didn't have health care until I was like. 37. I offer healthcare at body and pull. If you, if you teach seven or more classes, you have healthcare. So you have to have seven on schedule, schedule classes a week and you, and then you get healthcare. You uh, will pay half into your healthcare. So I don't, I treat you like a professional and I'm honest, right? Like, rates i'm like i want to give you more but we got to hit these markers and because i'm a person that's like if i give if i give the seniors this i gotta pay that payroll it's gotta last i'm not going under we're gonna make it i'm always like if i give you something it's gonna last it's not gonna fizzle out and i'm gonna have to pull it back or so it's been so that's what it's been hard and coming back from COVID is we, we did a runway situation there where we were able to get a new lease with my landlord, thank God, uh, but it runwayed up, right? So it was lower, but now it's at the highest height, which you don't want to know what that number is. And yeah. so I'm trying to just maintain, right? And and that's the next thing. I'm really trying to get my seniors back to a higher rate. So I still think we're paying high, but I want to pay The the top
0: right, yeah. I
1: do. I want.
0: It must be really hard, especially when you're running such an expensive venue as well, and your costs are so high, right? My costume. Um, I I don't know. Does VAT work the same over there? Like, when your business earns over a certain amount of money, you have to pay like VAT, or is that does everyone have to pay VAT there?
1: What's VAT? It call it uh, value
0: added tax. Yes. So it's like we have like it's our a- taxes like that we pay. So we pay like corporation tax as like limited companies. Mm-hmm. And then when we go over, I think it's 80,000 a year, we then have to pay um value added tax mm-hmm. um on everything
1: <laughs> yeah basically that's exactly they like to add in weird things like commercial taxes and oh. um real estate taxes and yeah it's really fun i'm yeah. like i don't even own this space how do i have a commercial and real estate tax i don't know
0: yeah, yeah it's crazy but um, yeah,
1: and
0: i was gonna say do you have like an accountant who does all that for you
1: so i work directly with my absolutely um, yeah. my accountant, is, you're at this level, my accountant is my best friend, <laughs> oh,
0: right. oh my god! I feel like my bookkeeper my and my accountant,
1: say. man, they are like my best friends. Like yeah. they, they really are. I would say, I would say to anybody come, if you're owning a studio though, like you're going to change accountants a couple of times till you find the right one. This was my third hmm. accountant, but this is the accountant, Uh, and then, um, and, and my bookkeeper, um, my bookkeeper is a professional uh, professor at NYU. I think he actually is doing it because he thinks it's an interesting case study.
0: <laughs> oh, really?
1: <laughs> no, I always feel that way. I'm like, you're way overqualified to work <laughs> with me. But I think he maybe I have like a sparkling personality or something. I don't know. Maybe. Or he's using me as a case study. <laughs>
0: yeah maybe but that's fair enough listen so long as he's doing a good job who cares i'll take
1: charity who wants to help me i do not i do not deny gifts and help
0: (laughs) hey sorry to interrupt i just wanted to come on and tell you about one of our sponsors for this podcast and this podcast is sponsored by polos i know what you're thinking wait isn't polos your business yeah it is Listen, if you can't support yourself, who can you support, hey? <laughs> Polos is an online store where we sell lots of pole related merchandise. You can get everything from pole dancing princesses, pole dancing dogs, pole dancing cats, from, um, all the way up to tops that say heels bigger than your dick. So it's, it's very much varied in its approach. We've got some rude ones and we've got some super cute ones. So if you're looking for a nice top for someone who just wants a nice little dog pole dancing on a pole, go for it that's that's where you need to go pollels.com and if you want a bath bomb that's in the shape of a penis because let's be honest why wouldn't you want that then yeah you need to go to polols.com and get yourself a dick-shaped bath bomb go and check us out now polols.com so you um have your so is body and pole your main thing body and pole is the main business but then you have elevated which is your um online so no it's not online do you do any of them online the elevated courses the teacher courses
1: no so so yeah i have so i have body and pole and then body and pole online is part of body and pole it is part, um, i was
0: gonna ask mm-hmm, that. Is it a separate yeah, company? Body, okay it's still part of body and pole
1: it's together um but it has a whole department that runs it right um and then which is what your husband uh, does that's his yeah my time. husband runs that department yeah cool. he's the director of um body and pole online and then I have elevated. So elevate is what I owned with Marlo and Michelle for a long time. And now I only currently own it just because again, they wanted to, de- Marlo wanted to focus on flow movement and, and Michelle had different ventures going on. So, um, and so that was very healthy and happy too. Um, but when the pandemic hit, it was so crazy. Like in, I was, pre- so March 16th is when we had to shut down the studio. We, w- we were working with my teams and we knew something was happening. We just didn't, you know, nobody knew what it was going to be like, but we knew that something was going down. So it, you know, I was pregnant with Evie, Evie, Evie was going to come in July and I had a three-year-old Henry and, um, we just bought a house a little bit North of the city. Thank God honestly. And the reason that happened is, this is a true story too. So on October 26 of 2019, I found out I was pregnant. It was mm-hmm. the same day that my landlord that I've been at for 10 years said, Hey, Kieran Kyle, we love you. But we want to expand this to a one family home because it was a brownstone. <laughs> and I, they, we would like you out by January 1st." And I was like, Oh, <laughs> so, so I was like, Oh, okay. Um, and then that's actually the day that Leanne had said, Hey, I'd like to talk about you buying me out. Swear to God. It was the same day. Kyle's like, I can't take anymore, (laughs) but all of it worked out. But by literally February 1st, Leanne and I had created an agreement. I had bought a house and i was off to the races pregnant with evie wait so, hold on.
0: so your land oh hold on sorry oh my god I'm so no good. my home my home, your I, home yeah. landlord, My home landlord oh my god i was like so how so you I was just there? like a little crazy so say, and then yeah. the pandemic
1: hits Pew. and it was like um i i did it like how long is this studio going to have to be shut down? We were shut down for seven months. Oh, um, thank God I got both PPPs with the help of Ermengarde Mayer, was our general manager at the time. She she was relentless and fearless and passionate and up at uh, killing it with our accountant and our bookkeeper, just getting everything we needed. That PPP, people talk about it, saved body and pull. And we used it exactly for it. We use it for payroll and for our rent. Um, and thank God we had it. It wouldn't have, we wouldn't have made it. Um, and then not only that, did Body and Pull Online help
0: top it up as well?
1: Thank God we had Body and Pull Online. So we started Body and Pull Online in 2016 as a, we believe this is a thing that needs to be happening. So yeah, it helped. It helped make sure that I paid my mortgage is basically what it did.
0: Um,
1: it just made sure that my family was eating. Um, so thank you everybody who, who, stayed doing it. and then we started doing the live classes so we opened a whole another thing now now I we have this you yeah, know you were good yeah yeah it's, yeah, it's so great to one. connect that way now yeah. i'm like this is amazing that people now can have you know it created a whole other opportunity yeah it fed it made well, it sure it that, the same that for me. Found... Like,
0: it created a whole other income for me and it's funny because i think it took us to be forced um to Go online to realize actually this ain't so bad. <laughs> so no. many, so many my students were like, "Do you know what?" Actually, I realized because I mainly specialize with just conditioning classes online. That's my main thing. I do te- teach trick classes as well, but it's not my my main thing that I do online. It's mainly conditioning. And um, yeah, lots of the students were like, you know what, for me, it's so much better just to do conditioning at home, because it's one of those workouts I really don't want to have to do, and I don't want to go to the studio just to do a conditioning class. Like, if Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to the studio, I want to learn tricks, and I get it. And um, so it was a nice way for them to do conditioning, gain this extra strength, so that when they did go to their tricks classes, they were nailing stuff. Like So yeah. many so many of them were like, when I went back to the studio, people were like, how did you get so strong? And they were like, well, I was just conditioning online with Dan the whole time. And that's why I think a lot of them have stayed, which has been amazing for me. So, yeah, it's been life-changing for me as well. But um, it was scary at first, really scary. I mean, <laughs> I tell everyone this anyway, but when when it first got announced, so, so the UK, uh, along with probably the US as well, actually, we were in denial about our, our sort of... Um, uh, our political <laughs> figures, should we call them, were very yes. in denial of it at first. So, no, no, this is all fine, it's all fine. And then the European countries, boom, boom, they're all locked down, locked down. We were like, I literally said to my husband, I was like, something's going on here. And then a few days later, it was like, okay, we're going to have to go into lockdown. And I remember crying because I was so scared. I was just like, what the hell is happening? Like, what's gonna? I was worried we were all gonna yeah. die. Like, I was. Oh god, I just went into full yeah. panic mode. So yeah. yeah, it's um, it's it's been scary, but it's been a real life changing thing for so many people. I guess some good, some bad, of course. But yeah, I mean, how how do you feel um, the pandemic changed not only yourself but your business?
1: Well, I agree. I think that we found um, a lot with online, like a whole nother, the live classes and connecting that way. Also me, I was always in the studio. I was in the Mm. studio. Even when I moved up here, I was still going to the studio, you know, five days a week and learning that I could run this space remotely. So now I go in two days a week, I go Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and then I have my remote days at home and it's, it's a better life balance. It's a better, um, That's good. The part though, when it was unsure and um, we were running at half capacity for a year and negotiating with my landlord and I, I, I got psoriasis on my hands. Like I started to stress. stress. Yeah. And I had a brand new baby. I was that no one, my parents didn't even get to see her till she was one. 'Cause they live in Arizona. So oh. they never they hadn't met my daughter and I was like, This is crappy. Like this just this yeah. is the worst. Um, but we came out of it, you know? And like you also see your team, like your team that can of uh, people around you that you see how much they care for others and how much they care for your business and how much they care what their priorities are and how much you care for them. And that's 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 a big ad value yeah. but the loss of life that many people had i mean my parents had people that they lost and my neighbors um it, that's like the loss of life is tragic so i i lost yeah. my brother when i was 10. my brother died in a car uh-huh. accident when i was 10. he was 18 and there's only one thing that i i think this is also why i'm successful or i will not be successful is I only put um, importance on humans. I Thank I understand you. how someone's next to you and then can be gone in like four seconds. Yeah. and it was tragic. So I don't care about money that much. I and mean, I don't care about anything that much. I just want to do what I want to do every day with the people that I love every day. And if you're not going to be kind and you're a pain in the ass, I just want I'm like get the fuck out of my way. You got to go. Because I yeah. just don't have time for unkind... Bull crap! I just am like you get you get a lesson quick when you lose like a piece of your heart so young. Um I mean so
0: talking of Dash, this comes onto a subject I want to talk to you about, talking of the like being unkind. You're dealing with hundreds of instructors, students, like people in and out of the door. I mean weekly we're talking. Um there must be I remember I hope I might bring it up. Do you remember when um I think it was the Black Lives Matter thing happened at the time. And then everyone was, cause everyone was at home when that happened. So everyone mm-hmm. was on their phones. And then mm-hmm. everyone at that point was online, checking that all of the studios had posted the right things and that they'd done. And then I think, like a few studios over in the u.s came under fire over it and didn't i think you may have even had so you don't have to delve into what it was but i remember like because you're such a big figure there must be this pressure to have to be perfect all the time talk to me about that like how do you cope with that
1: yeah well i think that the body and definitely come under fire multiple times hmm. um you know, there's a lot of successful business
0: does though. Let's be honest. Like,
1: yeah. And it's a social, it's like there's social justice. And so we are, you know, we're a small community, but we're a mighty community. We're always growing and people, people are in there. And I think that people look at body and pole is not me, which is what I want, right? Like I run this with a, with a, an extremely amazing management team with extremely amazing instructors. I, it isn't just about me. So when we get, we, we go under fire, I just looked to my social media director and I look at to my marketing director and I look to my other managers and we decide together how to handle that situation. And sometimes we get, uh, we get hit really hard uh because we're quiet well a lot of times you're quiet or you don't say much because you don't need to get sued anymore yeah like i think people don't understand that like there's a lot of like i make decisions not about kira johansson i make decisions for 50 people there's 50 people with salaries and 50 there's Thirteen on healthcare, fourteen on healthcare. That's who I'm making decisions for. I'm not making decisions emotionally. I'm not making decisions um, about my personal belief. I'm making decisions for a on,
0: business,
1: for a business, yeah. and its and its ability to survive that train. Right. That's the train. There's trains coming all the time. I got to dodge it, or I get hit, and I just got to mitigate how hit I get. Right. So. you're constantly making choices to just make sure your, your studio has another year and that you have, you get to do what you love and that people have a job to go to. And then you get to do, cause I love teaching. I love teaching. And it's like a way I express myself. So yeah, no, I think there's a lot of, um, and it happens a lot to studios. The only advice I could say to studio owners is don't, don't get emotional about it. it's not about you uh, and do what's right for to look at it as a whole like look at everybody around you right and 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 talk to your lawyer
0: <laughs> yeah do you not think it's really hard to not take it sometimes so personal because people will start tagging you know you personally and be like kira what what are you saying about this we want to know what you're saying and what are your views but people it seems almost like people don't understand that Sometimes, Sometimes, see, I've got this view that we shouldn't have, I shouldn't have to tell you the way that I feel about a certain thing. Um, It's like, I always say to people, um, you know, with the whole discussion around um, gender and non-binary people now, and I've learned so much over the last however many years about it. And those people are like, oh, like, do, I'll get, you know, people who are maybe old, tends to be older people, to be fair, will be like, oh, I don't get it, it's stupid. I don't, I'm like, well, it doesn't really matter if you get it or not. And it's and like with me, like, if people are were to ask me, like, what do you think of it? I just say, well for me it's not about whether i like it or not it's about i want to make sure that people who come into my studio if they're a non-binary person i want to make sure they feel comfortable and that's my only Mm -hmm. worry that's that's all i really care about so long Mm -hmm. as i feel comfortable when they come from my door that's my priority and Mm -hmm. if i can do that that's great and they're Mm -hmm. like yeah but don't you want people to know where you stand and i'm like no why, why do they need to know to that? They don't need to know where I stand on it. Well,
1: it doesn't matter as long it as you're matter. respecting where they're standing.
0: But other people would say, actually, I think that is important where you stand on it because I only want to support a studio where the owner believes this, this and this. I'm like, but that's not how life works. Like my, my nan, right, okay, really weird story. Years and years ago, my nan, um, when my dad got with my stepmom, she's Jamaican, um, my nan like was inherently racist like and so was my granddad they did not take you well at all and just over the years things have changed things have changed Mm -hmm. and you know my stepmom forgives them now and they're very apologetic about how they were at the beginning but it was very new for them and it's one of those things we can all learn we can change it doesn't necessarily mean that you know it made that her a bad person now if that had been nowadays oh people would be expecting me to cut off my nan because my nan had said this, this, or that, I'm like, no, this is a family member. I don't have to agree with what she says, or you know, and it's the same for businesses. Like, if I go to, if I'm supporting a business that has views I don't agree with, I mean, it does depend on the views. If I'm completely honest, but you know, I try not to take it. Well,
1: personally. who can eat
0: a Chick Fil A right now? You know, can right, you eat yeah. a Chick Fil A? Oh, so Chick Fil A <laughs> is that the Chick Fil A is that the it's homophobic? The one that or didn't
1: support LGBTQ people, right? It's a t- exactly. Plus. Yeah, they, they, I, I, am like, no, I don't think I can. Have, but I wouldn't go to a fast food restaurant anyway.
0: But so. then, do you know what? Again, controversial, but for me, I'm like, I'm not being funny, but when I buy chicken from somewhere, I don't think, hmm, <laughs> huh, you're pretty like homophobic because the lightness is the people who are actually behind that till. They're probably not homophobic. No, no,
1: no, no. <laughs> yeah, you know,
0: and I'm not buying. I'm not buying chicken because I want it to be pro LGBT. I, I don't. I know it sounds really bad, and don't get me wrong. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna actively go out my way to support them and be like, yeah, go Chick Fil A. They hate gays or whatever. But at the same time, I'm just a bit like. I don't give a shit what their views are. I'm not gonna throw money their way, but if I'm really hungry one day and Chick-fil-A is all there is, I will eat it. <laughs> I'm well not my, whole thing,
1: my thing is more like when you're looking at big businesses also you it's not you know what they do, right? Like where do they put their money? Charity works. Mm. Like, do you know where body and poles put their charity money? when no. we have charity to give to yeah that's what people should look at they should try to find out those things they should try to find out also wh- what is your what what how do you treat your staff right how what's your diversity in your staff are there diversity trainings in your staff are there inclusivity trainings like but people don't care about that. They just want... What happens in this social justice aspect is, like, there's a cause. And it, it's happening less now. Because, like you said, for a while there, everybody was locked down. And so it was like... But there's a cause, and they want action now. Like, Tell me what you feel now. and But yeah. I'm like, hold on a second. Like, I will. But I need to make sure that, you know, we're not going off the rails here. You know? What do, like, you,
0: what do you think about that, actually? Because I... I agree with what you're saying, exactly what you're saying. You were saying about how, um, you know, it's definitely calmed down a lot now. And I think it's calmed down a lot now because people are back to their normal lives. And if I'm honest, I think people don't have the time to care as much. And actually, I don't think they cared in the beginning. If I'm honest, I don't. I think people are fake as fuck on on Instagram and all these places. And they give it the social justice warrior act. And then, do you know how many people I saw post about the exotic poll conversation who never... Now I see using the word exotic pole still. Honestly, that's real. I, I, wish, that we, we got, I wish we got I could that make one too. About it. Oh, I <laughs> wish I could. I, there are people who I've. I've screenshot and sent to friends and be like, this is hilarious. I'm like, look, this person is back to using the word, no mention of it. But the same person was kicking off at people when they were using it online months back. So what happened? What was different? The difference is, is they realize that no one gives a shit anymore. Like no one cares because life is back to normal. And and actually the issue maybe wasn't as big of an issue as what they thought it was. I mean, I don't use that word anymore because I listened no. to the feedback and I just decided yeah, for me. You know, I just don't, I just call mine like heels choreo now. Like it sounds fun or dance with Dan, but it's the whole thing of like, I don't like the, don't act like a social justice warrior online and give it this massive act and then go back on it because it just isn't, it's embarrassing to watch for me. It's embarrassing. I hate it. And it just really pisses me (laughs) off. I hate it so much.
1: I think that that might not go away though, too, though, because I think a lot of people thrive off of that. Like, there is a group of, you know, individuals in the world, just people in the world that thrive off of just kind of getting, yeah, well, getting it going, right? I mean, like, let's get, I mean, you kind of do that sometimes. I mean, with Paul Lowell's, you, like, get a little going. And it's good. But the banter is good. See, I like opposing ideals and the banter. Mm. But I don't like that when they want to cancel you or the silence thing. Because that's not productive like that doesn't actually create any change or transport it just is being like it's like telling a little kid like just shut up yeah stop talking and it's like wait what what just happened like just because Mm. you don't like what they're saying like you need to have all the sides like even like you should be able to sit there and talk to somebody who completely doesn't agree with anything or you don't agree with anything they're saying but you can talk about it
0: but I find it funny as well because, uh, and again, I've talked to lots of people about this, this whole, so many different spaces and sides to it. But i talked to people about the um, when that whole exotic conversation was happening. You know, I agreed with it. So that's why I changed my wording for me. And I, I, I don't call it that anymore. I just call it Heels Choreo. And it works absolutely fine. It doesn't really bother me at all. Um, but I noticed that the Russians couldn't have given less of a shit. They literally did not care. The Russians were just like, this is ridiculous. No. And they were just like, no, we're not doing that. The Russians. But then nobody went after
1: them anyway either,
0: because they were like, it's okay. But no one went after them I think as well, because they realized that they couldn't have the same argument with the Russians, because the Russians don't speak English. And this is the thing, and it makes you think, well, you don't care that much then, because if you really cared, you'd still go after the Russians, still call you that. But... The Russians were just like, I feel it's a cultural thing. I feel we're a lot more woke in the UK and the US, uh, probably more so in the US, actually, than it is in the UK. But we're still pretty woke here as well. In Russia, <laughs> it's the most unwoke place you could ever imagine, as, as I'm sure you know, just from like the, the pollers that we, we follow from there. You know, they, they don't understand it. But when I've been at events and I've talked to some of the Russian pollers about the things, that go, they're like, oh, what? You don't use the word exotic anymore, but but it's exotic. Pole. I'm like, no, no, we can't. They're call like, it that's that. my brand. And they're like, but well, what do we call it? I'm like, or well, anything but that. They're like, but it's, but they don't, they can't compute that. They're just like, they're cool huh?
1: though, because I'll get, I'll, I'll be booking for BP online, and 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 someone will throw that that as a title, or and and I say, hey, I, I just give different words, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and they and they're like, oh, okay, that's fine. Cause yeah. I'm just like, Hey, listen, you really, you know, it ain't worth it. Like, it's just it's like,
0: not.
1: it's not worth it for you. It's not worth it for us. Like, cause you're, you're getting, it's, it's making noise, mm-hmm. um, there needs to be no noise and it's distracting from the purpose. So I think that it's, it, that's the thing that happens a lot. I think a lot of, I, I know this is going to maybe sound a little controversial, but, um, I think sometimes forward progressive individuals, um make noise that is unnecessary yeah that actually dilutes the the goal and yeah. it gives opportunities for others to actually discredit and latch on to things that are unimportant mm. and you're like oh god like why are you but do you know i what? just I feel like don't I'm- do that mm. <laughs> but i feel like i'm okay to say that
0: because I I agree with you and I feel like it's okay for me to say that I I share the same opinion because I've done it before like I've done it before as well and now I look back and I think why did I do that like that conversation didn't even need to be had actually and and it didn't matter in the grand scheme of things, and this is the thing. Like some of the things that I've kicked off about in the past, and actually, if I if I really self reflect, I'm completely honest. I believe a lot of the reason why I did that at the time was because I felt like people would like me more if I became the voice of the people and actually Mm. no one cares no one actually wants someone to do that the people who are doing that will also learn the hard way like I did and realize that actually it puts more people off you than it puts people onto you Mm. it's all good being this social justice warrior and you know fighting the good fight and stuff sure but actually for all the people that follow you because of it you'll get just as many people unfollow you because they don't like that vibe and it's it's fun. It's a it's a lesson I learned over the years. I mean, I try to toe the line as closely as possible now. Like we we talk about controversial things on on pole lulls. I mean, you could even say that the, the fails are probably a bit controversial because people don't. Oh yeah. You know, not everyone likes to watch fails, but um, yeah. But I, I, that's <laughs> no. always been in my character. But I I spent I would say like my mental health suffered quite a lot with trolling and stuff whenever people have disagreed with things that I've said and stuff so I just try to keep out of it if I'm honest but it's little things like Tuesday topics you know they're never there to upset anyone you know it's people genuinely asking questions and yeah sure sometimes they're stupid questions but it's it's good that we answer them and we have a, a space to discuss it but yeah. i've had people be like i need to know who sent that because we need to we need to expose them for saying this blah, blah, blah. like we there shouldn't be people saying, i'm like i'm absolutely not this is why i run tuesday topic is because if someone had posted that on their actual post and said hey um you know what about, what do you think about this, blah, blah, blah. And they ended up getting canceled for it. Can you imagine? At least now they have a space where they can ask a stupid question and let themselves be educated on it. But uh, yeah. people, people are funny. I think people are hilarious on the internet. And I also love that no one is like that in real life. These people that they are on the internet, so different to how they are if they see you in real life. I
1: know. No. I, well, I, I have to tell you, I do enjoy your polls. But there's sometimes that I actually, I but I think that, the thing is it's you have to remember it's entertainment and then if you really do want like shift and change and then you stay the course of what that is right mm. like you said that that person like was doing this whole thing and then sh- it's like stay the course on what you what you really believe and let and then unless you get a change of heart but then share the change of heart you know what i mean like kind of like how you know your grandmother shifted it's like yeah. that that share that that transformation. And I don't think people wanna share that ugly. They don't wanna, it's either they do something and then they wanna hide from what they said. I love, I mean, I get so many anonymous things. It's hilarious. It's like, I mean, I don't understand why people can't just say what they want and then say, this is how I feel. Like I feel this way and this is, you know, what I need. instead they'd they, rather
0: they... create a fake profile and troll you instead.
1: Yeah, it's just like, it's okay. I, Where do I'm you think that evade. comes
0: from? Do you think that comes from I, a jealousy place? I think it's scared. No, I see, think I think, I, I say this to a lot of successful people that have had on it, And um, I don't know whether sometimes they don't want to say it because maybe they don't want to sound um, too like big-headed by uh, admitting it. But... I do think that a lot of the time that people try to cancel someone or they try to come for somebody, it comes from a place of jealousy because that person's achieved something that they wish they actually had achieved, but they couldn't. And um, it's just theory, it's just obviously. Theory. I can't prove yeah. that that's true. But yeah, there's a lot yeah. of people that I think, oh, this, I'm like, mm, okay, I'm like, you're canceling this person that actually you're very similar to them. Like, so maybe... Yeah. It's maybe it's coming...
1: like if we put a mirror up, it's actually the same. <laughs> you're very
0: similar to them, but you just haven't been as successful. I wonder if that's maybe like uh, coming from a place of jealousy. I don't know. Maybe not. Could be completely wrong. Yeah. But maybe for some people it is, some people it isn't. But I, I find just it interesting. don't have that
1: time. Like that's, no. I mean... You know what I mean? Like, okay, you're very, you're doing a lot of things, right? You're doing the the weekly D, you got polo you got all your teaching, you have all your business runnings, you have your partner. Hmm. Why? I, I just am like, I, I don't know how people have this kind of time. And I honestly want to say to them, take that time and put it towards real change. (laughs) Please, yeah, because... please
0: invest your time please. wisely. That's actually one thing I tried, I taught myself. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I trip up and I do bite because sometimes people will say things that really just made me think, I can't, I just can't help but reply to it or respond to it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But It's funny because i don't really manage the polos page so much anymore i've got someone uh, called nadia a lovely girl called nadia who also edits this podcast she deals mainly with polos now um Mm -hmm. and sometimes when i go in there i'll see messages from months ago that someone had kicked off and sent this really long message and i'm just like that's so sad i didn't see that and then i just hit the delete button and i move on with my life (laughs) because i'm just like (laughs) I just think, like, I wonder how I would have reacted to it at the time. This is why yeah. I'm really glad I don't see them anymore. Because if I'd seen that at the time,
1: yeah.
0: it probably actually would have really offended me or would have upset me. But I'm so glad yeah. I don't see them directly at the time anymore. Yeah. But, yeah, I just I just hate it. Um, talking of, uh, like, you know, trying to invest your time to family and stuff and putting mm-hmm. your, your time to good use, what about you? What's your work-life balance like?
1: Um. So I have two littles, and littles are a, a lot of work.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you they're, have the dog they're... that was asleep on the sofa behind you. Yeah, tiger. he's so cute. He cute. I got
1: the dog. I got the dog who was over there before um, when Evie was six months old, and my husband said I was crazy because it, I, I had a little Yorkie named Star for Aww. sixteen years, and she was four pounds, and I got her when I moved to LA because I was kind of a sad. I was sad. I was having a hard time like with auditions. And then I knew that if I got a tour or if I uh, got things, I could take her with me. And she did. She went with me on many tours and to New York and she'd passed right, be- when I, right before I had Henry. So five years ago, and I wasn't ready to have a dog. And then we got this house and it has a really nice backyard. And we were in the pandemic and Evie just started sleeping through the night. And of course I decided to get a dog yeah. and my husband wanted to fucking kill You were like, do you know
0: me. what? <laughs> I I don't want to sleep the whole way through the night. I'm going to get no. a dog now.
1: <laughs> I I like, Um, I, I've also tried to convince him to have a third child and he's a big no. So we're not doing that. But I <laughs> like to be insane is what I think I've, I've realized, but now I know what I'm, so I'm, my work balance is, there's no balance. That's, that's <laughs> there's no balance. Do you but like that this.
0: chaoticness though? Do you think that,
1: yeah.
0: what do you think would happen to you if everything did stop? Like if you, let's say for example, you sold the studio, you got rid of all your businesses and you literally were sat at home and you were like, now what? Do you, do you, I, I always, was, I always uh, ask this because I'm like, is it, are you escaping I something?
1: Know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, of course I. Yes, Just I would become it. a farmer. By the way, okay. I of really want to be a farmer. <laughs> of course, I do. I, I actually <laughs> want it right now too. I really want to work outside and um, and 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 you know get into the ground. Like I love being outside. People might not know that, but I like I hike all the time. I hike. All, I put my babies on my back and I hike for miles. It's how I like get my head clear. I um, I'll, I'll take conference calls on hikes because oh I I have to. That's how I'll, I'll hike my son when he was three and we hit the pandemic, he was hiking six miles a day with me when I was seven months pregnant, we would just walk and walk and walk. And that's how I de-stress. Um, I also like being on the beach and I'll, and I'll swim, I'll swim and swim and swim and swim. So I really like being outside. Um, and I would probably do something with that. Like I would work, become a farmer in some aspect, but I'm, 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 I'm definitely hiding. I want you to know that I'm hiding from myself.
0: It just Absolutely. because you don't, you think you just don't want to be sort of like uh, within your own thoughts. I feel like I, I talk about this because I feel like I'm probably the same in a sense. I just feel like if I have to stop, then I have to deal with here, you know, the upstairs. Yeah. I have to sit there in my own thoughts and can't keep myself busy. And yeah nobody needs that you know what i'm saving
1: i'm saving um that for when my children are you know sufficient and out of the house and um and then maybe my husband you know is deaf enough not to listen to me and then i can do that work and then i'll do like lots of whatever mushrooms and go on hikes and ayahuasca and like have a real spiritual change but truthfully right now there's no time for that like i don't I need to make sure these babies are healthy and happy and taken care of. I need to make sure the studio is. I feel like I'm just getting started. And I know I've been doing this since 2006, but I feel like I've I've got so much more art to create too. Mm. Like and also I'm I'm rolling out a really cool thing with this studio in October. Um I'm not gonna tell you. I was gonna it's say so without cool. say. No, it's so fucking cool. It's too cool. It's actually too fucking cool. Like I was like, and I think I it by it might be another like Shift in this way that people see see what we do, and I and I and I and homes? I and I love getting home? I it's it's in the studio, but it's okay. like I still think I think people like look at body and pull. Sometimes they'll do like they'll do in similar things, and, and people always ask me, "Oh, does that drive you crazy?" I said, "No," because that means that I'm running the game. Like, yeah. So I I can't wait to roll this out and then see when someone else rolls it out. Mm. Oh, <laughs> the yeah. same name oh, or the slightly someone, off though. name i yeah. mean i hope so because that means i'm doing something right you know um it, it's very flattering
0: yeah when, I say, and, and got- it's also
1: very flattering too you got to go back to social media when people do go after you a little bit it means you're big enough to be going after right and like, big, big enough to be talked about I so i say thank you because when i if you stop talking about me, then I'm body pool. We're not relevant anymore. Exactly. And
0: and actually, this is the thing. What people don't even realize is that by talking about these people, Oh, actually it was so funny. I love it. I, I shouldn't really think of it this way. It's really bad. But whenever I hear there's been a drama or something on polo's, maybe someone's kicked off about something and everyone's really kicking off about something. So it's normally something stupid. Um, I'll put the profile on private and it was like, Oh, he's trying to hide. No, I'm not. I want to make sure that if those people are going to come to the page for drama, they're going to click that follow button because you ain't getting on this page that pressing and follow. Oh, and some of the people that I see have to press follow to look. And I'm like, I know that person is not a fan of this page. I'm like, I know that must've taken so much out
1: of them oh, had a the They had to think they, about you so they
0: much. They would have hated it. And I'm just like, it makes oh me feel God. so good. When I watch them press by I'm like, I'm going to leave an hour and then I'll press accept. <laughs> but it's just, I, I find it hilarious and, and actually sounds crazy. But sometimes when these little things are happening, where people are kicking off about something stupid, that's when we get our most followers because people are just desperate to go and see what's happening. And that's actually yeah, so weird. the Tuesday topics Everyone's like, oh, Dan posts Tuesday topics for the the drama. He does it for the the likes, the comments. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. 100%. That's part of the reason why I do like, it, of course. It's to yeah. raise our engagement because engagement on social media is so shit now. Right. So it's right. to raise our engagement, but it's also to, you know, allow people a space to talk anonymously. But, yeah, you mentioned a minute ago about, like, not being um, – you know in your head and stuff do you have any spiritual practice like do you have or do you have therapy or anything like that for yourself any time that you dedicate to yourself apart from the walking
1: i you know i i have like oh i do do one thing so i i do pilates with caitlin goddard everyone should do pilates with caitlin goddard in new york so caitlin saved my back i blew my back out in 2013 i couldn't walk because i caught a dancer in the air in a butterfly she just like released and my Every part of my spine blew out. Oh. And um, it was an awful time. And um, it taught me a lot, though. I, I became such a great cure and learned so much about the body. And um, I'm like really grateful for it, but it also kills my body. <laughs> my back's like always like crick. I can't just like throw my leg up, except when I go out to karaoke sometimes with friends, I'll just throw the leg up for frenzy. <laughs> but um, yeah, I do Pilates. And, um, and I think it's half because, um, I get to work. I close my eyes and she's such a good practitioner and she's Mm -hmm. so specific that I get to actually like really focus on very specific muscles and it's only for me. And she's there to care only for me. And she's also known me so long and I can say something or I can just start crying. And she's like, it's cool. Like holding space. Oh, you and, have um, it like
0: it's a private lesson, do you? Not a group. It's a
1: private lesson. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Saves me. Saves, that's amazing. Saves me. It's, and I only get one a week because, you know, it's costly. And I also can't tear myself away from work or my kids that much. But Of course. Um, I, I, yeah, that's my thing. And the hiking.
0: Yeah, I remember you saying them, about drag hiking. my kids uphill. That sounds crazy. Oh my god. So um, to wrap it up, I just want to find. Out, so what's? I know you've got a cool project coming up that you're not willing to tell us about. Mean, but um, no, because
1: I got to launch it.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. I'm. I'm looking forward to hearing what that is. But what? Be what cool. do you? what's if I said to you, what's your ten year plan, or even five year? what's what's the goal um, for you? What do What do you envision yourself doing in the next ten years?
1: I have uh, many. So, as an artist i want to get back to uh, you know i had era dance which is my dance company and that was we, the
0: yes because do you know what yeah i can't even remember who i was talking to about that photo the photo at body and pole with all of you on the pole and yeah. it was just the most amazing thing because that was like the originals were all in it wasn't it It was like mm-hmm. steven marlo yeah. and all delijah. the big names yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yeah. wait oh wait hold on delijah did you say
1: Elijah franklin yeah she danced for era and she was in that yeah oh she teaches
0: for body and pole
1: she taught she taught for body and pole she was one of our work studies in 2012 and then she became an instructor and um and we she launched she launched blast girls pole at body and pole like the first event that's,
0: isn't that crazy and look at how yeah. amazingly successful she's been that's so good i actually and she I had a to baby rest-
1: her baby was due the same day my baby was due so we were both due on July 4th and her baby came five weeks early and then he oh, no. came on time. Five
0: weeks early. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah.
1: He's wow. so beautiful. Oh, she shares she... a lot of information about him. I yeah. tend to not share anything about my kids and, and I don't have, uh, I think people should, it's just that people come after body and pole and I don't want them to see. Him. like, no. I don't want them to know these two people. They don't, they don't. They're not
0: a part of it. So no, I see. I see what you mean. If I yeah. had a
1: business more like hers, that you know, what she's like know, a personal
0: just, brand. So
1: yeah, it would be different. But like, like know yeah. About,
0: yeah. Whereas, like, yeah. you're representing it. I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, I feel like it's a little yeah. bit different. Yeah, I actually, yeah I actually, again, there's so many people that I really want to have on here, but um, I, I'd love to speak to Elijah She's done some amazing stuff, um, yeah, for the Black community. I, I love. The black pole community has grown so much because of her. So I'd love to talk to her about that journey and stuff. Yeah, Yeah. definitely someone I'd love to talk to. But yeah,
1: I want to, I want to, okay, here's my big thing as an artist. I want to get back to creating a big show or doing, I was for a while there doing, um, putting pole dancers and aerialists on art installations. And I want to get back into doing that into large art installations and then putting on larger, uh, more provocative shows um, nice. I really want to open a strip club. Um, I was planning to open one right before the pandemic. This is a true story. I had a board of directors of women and past strippers, and I really wanted to do that. And so I don't know if I'm going to move it into more of a cabaret thing or come back and do it as a strip club, um, but I got to get that group of people back together right. and uh, see what we can do there. I kind of want a crazy horse, small strip mm-hmm. club, provocative, aerial pole extravaganza. um so i want to do that i want to do the large high artwork and then and then uh, like uh, club work and then i want to um i want to grow body and pull with having more online classes inside the studio like i want to outfit the space a little bit more modern like um i want to i want to build its capacity of of having just more like ability to ticket get content as well as like an actual environmental experience mm. in the space. Um, I want to ha- have the highest paid instructors, and everyone have even better healthcare. And um, and yeah, I want to buy another car. I <laughs> want two cars because the one car is really hard because I live in the country. I live in horse country, and it's it's a uh, it's fun.
0: <laughs> oh, well, Because you mean there's two of you, so having like just the one car. Is having bit- one
1: car. Yeah, having one car for a family of four, and I have to get to the city a lot. Like, it's been fun. My kids get like dragged around. But that they, my kids are so resilient, and they're so like go with the flow. Uh, as long as you give them gummy bears, if it gets really bad. Gummy oh, bears. so
0: if it gets really if- bad, gummy bears. Well. So you have emergency gummy bears in your bag just in case?
1: i absolutely
0: do always i have them
1: right now always. i don't know if you
0: have this in the u.s uh, just as a little idea if you'd throw out there um they have like an incentive in the uk where you can basically like buy an electric car and your company can write have it as a full write-off the whole thing can be like written off against your business do you have that in the u.s
1: no i want that that's what i want i want so i all i need is i want an electric car
0: it has to be a i need to make enough an- though I yes. do. I do.
1: I want a fully electric car because I only need it around the town. I just have to get to the train so I can get to the city. Right. And I don't need it. I don't need this crazy thing. I just, yeah. but you know, but it's been a, it's been a hard since the pandemic, you know, like right, finances yeah. are. A little low, but I'm, I'm hoping for more financial stability. I'm hoping for more art and I'm hoping for more resources with the studio in the next 10 years.
0: Well, I have no doubt that with all the stuff that you've all achieved, I you think achieved. that is very easy, easily achieved by you for sure. Um. Well, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on to my podcast. I feel like I could have talked to you for ages, but I felt like we covered loads. It's been amazing speaking to you and hearing about the journey. And you are a very inspiring person to me as another business person or someone who likes to consider themselves a business person. And what you've done is very inspiring. And I'm sure everyone who's listening to this is super inspired. So thank you so much.
1: Oh, Dan, thank you. I really, I was um, very humbled and honored to be on your show when you wrote me. Cause a lot of times, like, I I don't, I just do the work, you know? And then somebody's like, I want to talk to you about it. I was like, you do? Yeah. <laughs> thank well, but you. But this is, but this is nice...
0: again why, because I, I, like you said, you like you said, you're like, oh, I don't want, you know people to be coming for me or whatever I want it to be about the studio and studio. you know sometimes when people are more behind the scenes with things like that sometimes people don't know that they just know body in pole and they might not know yeah. who that who creates it and who is in charge of the place so I think it's really important that we hear the voices of these people because without you without and without you other without people, people who have done similar to you, we wouldn't have an industry that like we have now. So I think it's so good for them to be able to hear that. So thank you so much for talking to me about your story. And hopefully I'll be able to chat to you again soon sometime.
1: Yeah, definitely. Take <laughs> take care of you and keep up the good work.
0: Oh, thank you so <laughs> much. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm listening. I'm, yes. I'm reading. I'm watching.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I'll speak to you again soon. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed the episode and I really hope it inspired you. And if it did, I would ask that you kindly go and give me five stars on whatever platform you're listening to me on. And I'd really appreciate it. So screenshot it, send it to me on Instagram and you will be entered into a prize draw to win a bunch of goodies from Polo's gift shop. So go into it now, send me a screenshot and let's get you some free shit. <laughs> Until next time.
1: That was all the tea that you can get this week.